Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Free Throw Line podcast. I'm your host, Aaron, today with Cade. Hello, hello. And Jared. Hello, what is up? They are my co-hosts today, and as always, we'll start it off with the predictions for the following games, which for today will be Sunday, uh, the day after our recording day, which is Saturday. Uh, the first game is the Spurs versus the Lakers. Cade, what do you have for that? See, you know, the Lakers are on kind of a downtrend right now. Even though they're above 500, I'm just not a believer in them. So I'm going to take the hot uh, third-year man, DeJounte Murray, and I'm going to go with the Spurs. Oof. I, I'm surprised in your choice on that one. Uh, I, I, I agree that the Lakers are struggling this year, mm-hmm. but – they, I feel like they still have enough power to beat the Spurs because the Spurs just aren't doing well. Even with Popovich, you know, a great coach that he is, I don't feel like Popovich, Popovich is enough to bring the Spurs that victory. But we'll see. We'll see. Jared, what do you got for that match? See, I, both these teams are not doing well, right? You obviously know the Spurs aren't doing well. And you know the Lakers, they spent all their money and think they were going to do good. They don't have LeBron. Westbrook's looking like garbage. AD is always hurt for some reason. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with Kid, and I'm gonna go with the Spurs. Wow. Okay. All right. Even though Lakers are at home, I still got the Spurs. Yeah. We started right. off bold, baby. Starting off bold. Yeah. It's it's, it's uh, definitely a surprising decision. Um, next game we have the Bucks versus the Hawks. Cade, what's your prediction for that one? See, I got the Bucks. Um. You know, even though you got Ice Trey on that team, he's he's doing – pulling all his way he can. And, you know, Nate McMillan had a really good interim head coaching job last year getting them to the playoffs. But it's just not looking like it this year. So, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm also going to go with the Bucks. Uh, Jared, what you got for that? As I, much as I love Trey Young and everything, when I went to go watch the Hawks-Suns game – like a couple weeks ago, I think it was last weekend. Bro, he looked amazing, but the Suns looked a lot better. But that's just a whole team versus one person. I'm gonna go with the Bucks, as I much as I hate to say it, but yeah, it's it's all it's definitely uh, deteriorating as a Suns fan to predict the Bucks winning. Um, exactly. Just just as painful as it is for me to predict the Lakers winning, so yeah. That's definitely some shooting myself in the foot here. Yes, All right, next matchup, Nets versus Thunder. Jay, or Cade, what you got for that? See, this is where I'm torn because the Thunder are beating good teams, but the record just – they're five and six. So it's its very um, very two-sided of what I'm seeing. You know, Josh Giddey's off to a really good start as a rookie, and they really don't have a big man presence – to uh, hold up Kevin Durant and the James Harden tandem. So, I'm going to go with the Nets. All right, fair decision, fair decision. Jared, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Cade. I think we're just going to go from the for the Nets here. As much as I love Josh Giddy and what the Thunder are doing right now in their rebuilding phase, I think I just got to go to the Nets here. Nets are just a way better team. Yeah, I'm going to go Nets too. Uh, they're – Young stars in in the Thunder, well, mostly young stars, just aren't aren't enough to compete with the 
trio of stars in the Nets. Yeah. Um, even though I don't is Kyrie Irving playing? Probably not. He's I, I yeah. don't believe he is, no. So Okay, so it's it's really only a duo then, but even then, uh, yeah, you got it. It's just it's just uh, the Thunder can't cope with it. Yeah, um, and I'm not even gonna say that Blake Griffin is a star because he's not. He's trash. Um, uh, he's just the worst flop flopper in the NBA. Right? I'm I'm sure people disagree with me on that one, but I just don't like Blake Griffin. I mean, I, we all loved him when he was in L.A., but I think ever since that, he went to Detroit, his career just went down. For sure, yeah. So. I never loved him. I never loved him, ever. All right. <laughs> all right. Next matchup, Warriors versus Hornets. Cade, what you got? I feel like this is just kind of a straightforward one. I'm going with the Warriors. Um, Hornets, I love what Lamelo was doing right now. I'm glad that he didn't fall into the – um, the trap of the fame, which, you know, he was really gathering out of high school with, you know, going on overtime and all this stuff. And then he goes overseas, skipping college. Um, but he gets into a good system with, you know, a prestigious owner and Michael Jordan. And he's, he's loving what he's doing right now. So uh, apart from that, you got to look at what Steph Curry's doing, you know, 30 plus years old and he's still dropping 28. He just, he can't go against that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely, Warriors are too good right now to for the Hornets to do anything, even with Lamelo having a great game. So uh, I'm gonna go with the Warriors as well. Jared, what do you got? Now I'm gonna disagree with both of you. I'm going Hornets all the way. Honestly, yes, it's just Steph Curry. You look at the you look at the Hornets, right? You got Lamelo, obviously, but then you got an underrated guy like Miles Bridges. Just like his brother Mikel is, both of them are extremely underrated. Yep. I Mikel's think those, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but Miles, he's still a pretty good player. I still think the Hornets are going to take him down. Cody Zeller's looking pretty decent. Even um, with Clay Thompson. Yeah, even with Clay Thompson, honestly. They don't have mm-hmm. anyone else on that team. I don't know who else All is right. on that roster. What, Andrew uh-huh. Williams? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you went with the Hornets on that one. Going Hornets, yep. All right. Um, Suns versus Rockets. Uh, as a Suns fan, as we're all Suns fans, I really hope everybody chooses Suns on this one because the Rockets are in a ten you know, the game losing streak. The hottest teams in the league. Nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. That's <laughs> <laughs> about to say ten, ten game losing streak. Are you oh, yeah. sure about that? Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a clean sweep with the Suns right here. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're all in agreement. Suns on that one. All right, here we go. Next matchup, another Western Conference. Blazers versus Nuggets. I'm going to go Nuggets just because Jokic, you know, got all pissed off. Maybe he'll take that anger and put it towards a uh, triple-double, maybe quadruple-double. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to go Nuggets. Uh, uh, Jared, we'll go with you this time. What do you got for that one? Honestly, the Suns, they did well against the Blazers. Of course, Frank having his career high 31. I don't. I think that same problem with the Blazers is going to happen, stopping the big man. Jokic is, I agree with you, Aaron. He's going to drop a quadruple double. I'm going to go Nuggets. <laughs> I would really like to take the Blazers here, but I think the Nuggets are just a way better team. So. Yeah. Yeah, if we're talking about just trying to give the Suns an advantage, we definitely want the Blazers to win, but. 
Yeah. Um, but just from the yeah. way the Nuggets are looking. Yeah. All right, Cade, what you got for that one? See, I got the Blazers, and I'll tell you Ooh. why. It's because of Robert Covington. This dude is oh my. running around. Oh, my God. We're talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> they need a third scorer to contribute to Dame Willard and C.J. McCollum because they can't just carry a team into the playoffs with, you know, two guys. You know, you need that one other dude. And Covington has always been a respectable player over his career, and the way he rotates around, he's – you know, that chase down blocking guy, um, I think he's going to have a big game and a big contribution if they want to beat the Nuggets. And I'm taking the Blazers. You're crazy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, look, I've watched Covington over the years. Now, he never popped out to me as someone who could carry a team to win. Hey, I mean, if they're, if they're looking for somebody to put him over the top, I think he's going to be the guy tonight. So, we'll see. All right. I, I honestly think Miles Bridges has more of an opportunity to carry a team than Robert Covington. So, we'll see. We'll see. All right, this one uh, definitely depends on whether you want to take previous years or current year on this one, but Bulls versus Clippers. Uh, Jared, what do you got for that one? Oh, it's pretty easy. I got I got uh, the Bulls here. Bro, after easy, whatever. Huh? Okay. Yeah, I got, I got the ball, Zach. The Balzac. So they they looked really well so far. And a lot of people were surprised on the Bulls so far. So I think it's a great chance for the Bulls to commit themselves. Levine's looking great. Lonzo's dropping dimes. Um, and then DeRozan's doing his thing. I think those three play really well together. So I, I got Bulls here. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm one of those people who are surprised uh, about the Bulls' success this year. Um, I just never expected uh, Lonzo, who I always viewed as the worst brother compared to LaMelo. Um, I'll probably lash back on, on that one, but uh, him combined with Levine, who I've never really seen in person, so I can't really say if he's good or not. Um, but also Alex Caruso, I've never seen the good in him. Other other people say he's great, but I've never seen it. Like, I've I'm, I've seen it. I've seen him play, but I've never seen the greatness that everybody claims he has. Um, he had a couple good games with LA, but other than that, there's not really much in him. So Yeah. And I don't really feel like the Bulls big men are, are the greatest. Um, so that being said, you know, all, all this all this oh hey, Bulls this and that, I'm not good. I'm still gonna go with the Bulls. Um, cause they've been uh, winning couple recent games surprisingly to me although they are on a one game losing streak but that doesn't really matter because it's not really a streak um yeah i'm just trying to hop on the wave here i'm going bulls Cade, what are you going i'm gonna keep that wave going you know um okay uh he may have missed disconnected uh so, go ahead and move on to our next area of discussion. Um, Jokic shouldering Markeith Morris. Uh, Jared, what's what was your reaction after seeing that? Okay, so I saw the play. It's like two minutes in the fourth. The Nuggets are winning. Jokic tried to pass the ball. Markeith was in his way. You know, foul by 
both of them, I think. I don't remember what the call was. And then you just see Jokic walk back and then come right back at him, shove him down. I think that was very unnecessary. You're up in the fourth quarter with, like, less than two minutes. That is very unnecessary from Jokic. But I don't blame him at, at all. But Okay. Yeah, I think that's it, yeah. Okay. Um, I watched it, and, you know, call me evil or whatever. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I hate the Morris Twins. So watching either Marcus or Markeith go down – 10 out of 10 would watch again. And I did watch it again. Um, uh, that being said, was it justified in my opinion? Yes. Because um, it was a flagrant foul on Markeith for uh, going into Jokic on that pass. Uh, now, should Jokic have responded with a equally, uh, not equally, a more flagrant foul? Uh, no. But it was good to see. Nonetheless, so mm. uh, I, okay. I, okay. I do, yeah, I do think Jokic, uh, or, sorry, I do think the refs handled the situation correctly, uh, considering it's two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the Nuggets are obviously winning. Uh, so just ejecting both players, perfectly fine response. Um, yo, I, the only person who didn't handle the situation properly would probably be Jokic, but that's just because he has a hot head, in my opinion. But, yeah. I enjoyed seeing it, nonetheless. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like basketball needs that physical touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cade, what do you got for the Jokic shouldering Marquise Morris situation? Um, you know, it's, it's just a bonehead play. Um, and although I do love seeing like you said, the pushback and, you know, players defending themselves. You don't need to, like, full-on just truck a man. Like, Jokic is a unit. He is just a big man, and when he hits you, he's going to hit hard. So, I don't know. Just it's a bonehead play by him, and I'm glad that it wasn't an overextended punishment, but I'm glad that he received one because it was definitely deserved. So, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it was deserved, or, or deserved, but uh... – uh, you know, I, I like I said, I like the physical play. I just the really only thing that justified it for me is because he was shouldering a Morris, Morris brother. Uh, just because you know, I just the Morris twins and and Blake Griffin are, are and Caruso, not really Caruso, are Patrick those Beverly. three people. Oh, Patrick Riley, yeah. So those four people. Are the people I just hate in basketball? Uh, that's not true. Blake, I did say Blake Griffin, right? Yeah, Blake Griffin. So those four people are the people I just hate in basketball, and then I I just don't understand the hype with with uh, Caruso. But uh, all right, next talking point: uh, Kaminsky, which uh, uh, Jared already referenced earlier. Uh, Kaminsky having a career high thirty one points against the Blazers. His previous high was twenty seven points. Um, is Kaminsky's fantastic offense and defense compared to previous years surprising to you? Cade, we'll start with you. It really is to me because, you know, you just – you look at him, his expectations come out of college. He had big-time expectations. And, you know, it, it wasn't really just – it wasn't really showing up in Charlotte. And he comes over here, learns how to be a role player, learns how to – you know, move the ball. If you look at everybody on the Suns' defense or offense, excuse me, 
they just know how to use and move the ball so well. And I think he's chimed into that. And he's taken a lot less, you know, back downs and ISOs and really just getting his points in whether it's transition in the paint or, you know, off pick and rolls. He's really – he's moving really well. And I think that's opening up scoring opportunities for him. Yeah. Um, I I think Kaminsky's uh, output this year, not really that surprising surprising considering he did spend years with Monty. I'm a firm believer in Monty. Um, I feel like the way Monty coached Kaminsky – uh, just flipped a switch in his play and really allowed him to uh, be that rock Suns needed to fall in, fall on when when Aiton got injured. But, um, yeah, it's not really that big of a surprise for me. I'd say defense is the bigger surprise because uh, he's out there blocking shots left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is, so is JaVale McGee. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if – Monty lowers Aiton's minutes and raises McGee and mainly Kaminsky's minutes. Um, Cause I, I wouldn't be disappointed in seeing that happen. Uh, Jared, what do you got on the situation? Yeah. So this year has been his highest average throughout his career and he had some decent years in Charlotte and now he's here in Phoenix and he's playing pretty good. Shooting 33.3% from three so far, which for a big man, it's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I have his other stats, too. He had 31 against the Blazers. And this all started with the Pelicans game back in November 2nd at 17 points. Yep. Then he played the Hawks at 16. I was at that game. Pretty good game. We won barely, but we don't have to worry about that. We're okay. Backing off that, too, <laughs> we mentioned his defensive effort. Against the Pelicans, he had four steals and a block. Yeah. and he's just Yeah, he had a block on Trey Young on, yep. against the Hawks. That was pretty good. When's the last time you've seen a big man get four steals in a game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, he had a good game against the Blazers, too. It was pretty great. And honestly, at this point, I agree with you. I think he should rise his minutes. Aiton hasn't really shown much. I know he's been injured a lot, and he still wants that max contract. But at this point, I think you just maybe even start Kaminsky. I think you start Kaminsky over McGee. I know yeah, that might be a little so hot too. take, but I think Miki, he's he's obviously a veteran player. He knows what to do and stuff, but Kaminsky, he's been figuring out recently. So mm-hmm. I think it's a great time for him to get some big minutes. So Yeah, yeah so I, off of that, I, I've been thinking McGee <laughs> um, has that mindset of coming off the bench and just going all out for a couple minutes. Um, so yeah, I really feel like Kaminsky should start because he, he has, he already has the mindset of, Hey, I need to extend my minutes. I can't foul that much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, having him start, I, I do feel will definitely help the Suns if Monty decides to do that. Um, but, uh, since you already talking about how, uh, Aiton wants a max contract, we'll go ahead and move over to that. Um, uh, is Aiton worth this max contract? Um, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and start it with this one. Uh, I don't think he is. You know, I, as, as many Suns fans will probably uh, dislike me saying that because uh, he's supposed to be this big star. I don't think he's all that great. Yes, he can catch alley-oops and slam it. Yes, he did the value-oop. But he can't post someone. He rarely ever dunks 
when he can, he just he just takes the layup. Um, I giving him a max contract will just financially lock the Suns beyond ability to do much with their salary cap. Um, so I, I just don't think Aiton's worth the max contract. And I really hope he'll realize that. And in the future, if we do re-sign him, he'll take a contract that's not a max contract. Um, and if he still is deadlocked on that max contract, we may end up having to take some other center. Uh, but Cade, go ahead. Yeah, and I'm actually just going to project the baseball real quick to relay this point is like, you got a bunch of guys in baseball like Mike Trout, um, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado getting these 10 plus year contracts. And when that team does not make the playoffs or have the hopes that you extend, you know, it depletes your team's salary and it just, you're stuck with them. So I think that Aiton is too young to determine it at this point in time. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's 24. And it's just he is a very vital part of that team. Every single player on that Suns team knows their role and knows what to do. And I think Aiden's head might just be getting a little too far away from it, uh, requesting a max contract and hold it out. Um, but, you know, when you got educated and veteran guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you know, the leaders of the team that can really persuade him back to that side of, you know, hey, we need you. Um I think you don't give it to him, and I think you just – if he really wants out, you go and find yourself a new center, or you stick with the uprising Frank Kaminsky, who you just – you love to see him putting in the effort that he is. So, you know, I don't I don't think he's worth it. Yeah, and maybe if DeAndre does leave, Kaminsky fills in. Um, that'll definitely – or not maybe not definitely, but probably – uh, cause the, sun, the Suns to go down in the standings a little bit mm-hmm. um, if that were to happen. But yeah, probably not too much. I feel like we'd still be a winning team if we held on to all the other players. But um, come, uh, Aiton's 23 years old. Uh, 23, yes. Yeah. Uh, Jared, go ahead with uh, your talking points. Okay. So he's a great player, right? You know, he's the big man of the Suns, kind of expected. Drafted first overall 2018, even though some fans at the time think we could have took it Luka. Just imagine that duo with Luka and Booker. Oh, my. <laughs> so then we wouldn't have Chris Paul, and then we'd still have all those players like uh, Kelly Oubre, who's mm-hmm. doing pretty decent, I think, in Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> could have had him and then have Crowder, too. Sign Crowder. That could have been a whole team in the general. But I think at the time they needed a big man, so Aiton was like perfect for him. And plus, he played college in Arizona, so they were able to go down and watch him play in Arizona and stuff like that. Honestly, at this point, I don't think he deserves a max contract. So it's it's a lot. But if we, if he's still hanging on to it, I think we could trade him to Minnesota. We could bring in Carl Anthony Towns. That could be yeah. a really good point because Booker and Carl Anthony, they played in college in yeah. Kentucky together. And but I think it could be another – Out of his mind right now, which is – that would be amazing. So. I mean, depends on how much uh, – what that town's contract is. Yeah. I, I believe it's close to a max. I mean, uh, I mean you have Carl Anthony. He's an all-star. You put a hit with two other All-Stars on our team and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. If the Suns are all in right now to win a championship, I think you all go out and get Towns. 
yeah. trade Aiton, maybe some other bench players. I don't maybe like uh like Nader or something. I don't know. But yeah. just someone else, maybe a bunch of picks for Minnesota so they can start rebuilding again. So I think that could be a really good option for the Suns if Aiton is still holding on to that max contract. Yeah. So Alright, so what I'm seeing here with his contract, uh, he signed a five-year, 158-mil contract, uh, mm-hmm. which by a year would be, yeah, the next contract. So uh, if, if that number is correct, uh, yeah, that would be a max contract. But it, I, I feel like that'd be a max contract worth it for the Suns. Yeah, because Car Anthony Towns has been doing really well on a terrible Timberwolves team. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's I scoring. I wouldn't be surprised at all if if you were to go down in production if you were to join the Suns when you got all these stars going on and around, because you know Cat's really just trying to anchor his team to wins day in and day out. Um, so I feel like you know seeing a point total go down a little bit would be normal. Um, he's averaging 23 and a half a game um, and basically averaging double double with nine and a half rebounds a game. Um, so I think he'd be a very vital piece. And like you said, um, he definitely is worth a max contract over eight, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 He could post up and eight and can't like that's 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 a very valuable part yeah. of a big man's game. And his stats lines is basically what Aiden did in the postseason. So you're going to have that yeah. all year round instead of just having it in the biggest games you need to mm-hmm. to help you try to get a higher seed so you can actually win more games in the rounds in the playoffs and then hopefully maybe win the championship. But Yeah. Um, so with this Carl Anthony Towns talk, if he weren't to – or if he were to leave the Timberwolves but weren't uh, – to join the Suns, what team, what good team needs a center that can support his contract? Um, uh, Jared, we'll start with you. Support? Well, right away, I thought Blazers, but I think with the that contract, it's kind of iffy. But um, yeah. the Warriors could be another good team cause to help Curry and Clay. But... Um, Trying to think, maybe even um, honestly, I know I'm gonna stick with the Blazers. Honestly, that's the one thing they're they're needing right now. If they want a third score, even Covington, he's pretty good. You can score in Carl Anthony Towns or Covington, but I don't know if they could support that contract because they're paying Lillard probably a max max contract, if I'm not mistaken, with his contract. So yeah. Um, I, I don't think the uh, Trailblazers could support his contract. I don't think the Warriors could either. That, that's a real tough thing with all these contender teams is the ones that need a center, they're financially locked up. Uh, so if, if they were out, if they were to go and trade for Carl Anthony Towns, uh, I don't think they, they would have to trade a lot of big contracts to get him. Um, yeah, I just I, I I think he Carlton Towns is stuck on the Timberwolves. But um, yeah. Cade, uh, what's your opinion? Um, you know I'm looking at I'm scrolling through all these teams, and when we talked about this earlier, I said the Celtics. Um, right. But you know I'm kind of rethinking that, and I'm going with the Raptors 
for a good oh, place fair. for him to go. Um, you know, you look at them right now, they're floating at seven and six, but just the offensive juggernaut that they have in, you know, Fred Van Vliet is playing out of his mind right now. You got a rising and promising rookie in Scotty Barnes. Um, and people that can just – they have speed all over the floor. Um, and I think that Carl Anthony Towns really likes to play that high that high pace game. And he'd really love, you know, a good coach and Nick Nurse. Um, so I think that would be a really good spot for him to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, the only problem I see with that um, is – the uh, Raptors already have Siakam mm-hmm. and Boucher mm-hmm. and Chris Boucher. That is. Um, and I maybe they trade both of those for Carlton Towns. Um, and then it, financially and center-wise, I think they'd be good. Mm-hmm. They just need to go out and find a better backup center because I don't feel like Birch is the greatest center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I definitely feel so, like uh, Siakam, he's had some health problems. You know, he's he's had yeah. problems staying on the floor. So I think when you got true. a, you know, formidable guy in Cat, um, it just really helps your team any way possible. So that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe Raptors are the team uh, he goes to, he gets traded to, or however it ends up. All right, so uh, we'll switch to the next topic here. What should the 76ers do with Ben Simmons? Very wide span of opinions on this topic um, that I've heard. So we'll go ahead and start with Cade on this one. You know, if I'm the 76ers, I I think their last resort was trying to get him uh, mental support, you know, with that old fiasco when you have him saying, oh, he's not comfortable with, like, um, confessing his mental – uh, state and all this stuff after he's going to practice in sweatpants with his phone and refusing to do drills. Um, he, he doesn't want to be there. And if, you know, if I'm the Sixers and you're just finding a guy and um, really wanting to play and stuff, if he gets back on your team and you make him play, he's not going to bring the same culture and fire that you need on your team. Um, and I don't personally feel like they use him correctly you know they earlier in his career people were saying you know he's a 6'10 point guard like you can't really say that about a lot of people especially Ben Simmons who does not have a good jump shot does not have (laughs) good free throw shooting at all Um, so I I say you dismiss him and you focus on the team that is willing to play for you yeah yeah I agree. They, I don't feel like the 76ers can find a trade with him. Um, I, I don't think he's good for any basketball team. Um, I just think he's terrible for the NBA. Uh, having a player like that is just not something uh, commissioners like Adam Silver need going on in their league. Um, what Should he be expelled from the NBA? No. No player should be expelled from the NBA unless it's Absolutely terrible uh, what they're doing, um, but I yeah I feel like he should be cut and there's no sh- no team should pick him up. I don't think he's good at all. Yeah. Um, Jared, what do you got? See, I think they should cut him because again, like no other team wants him. But if he wants to revive his career, I think he should go overseas for a couple years, make sure he gets back into the basketball form, and then teams can look and be like, okay, he's coming back to his form. And- yeah. Okay. 
like all those memes where he said, oh, he, he's going to join the Shanghai Sharks. He could actually do yeah. that. I think that would be a great yeah. thing for him to do, honestly, because if no team in the NBA wants him, then what's the point of staying in the league? So, of course. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I, I think that actually be probably better than what I came up with a uh, overseas uh, contract for Ben Simmons would, I, I, yeah, probably ignite that fire in him uh, mm-hmm. that he got when he got drafted or that he had when he got drafted. Uh, maybe, maybe he goes back to the 76ers and he actually plays for them. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, probably not. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a dream for the 76ers. Yep. Um, so last night, uh, Suns destroyed, and I mean destroyed at every point in the game. They destroyed the Grizzlies by uh, 25 points at the end of the game, which extends the Suns' win streak to seven. Uh, what was your guys' thoughts uh, watching that game? Uh, either, either, I want to be. You know, um, I, I personally didn't get a chance to watch the game, but w- looking back at it, um, you see they're just how balanced their scoring was. You know, not a person scoring yeah. above 20 points, but just great ball movement, um, great defense as always. Their defense extri- like helps them a bunch. They held a powerful Grizzlies team under 100 points. And it's not like the Grizzlies are one of the best teams in the league. They definitely are not. But they have powerful young players like John Morant scoring 26 points a game. They got um, a very good rebounding center in Steven Adams from OKC. And you got some young talent, like people that are starting to step up, like Desmond Bain and all of them. So with a of 25 plus points it's gonna kick them even more into you know keep winning and you know like Chris Paul says they don't pay attention to the record you know every day they're either one and oh or they're all in one they're just focusing on the game so this is just gonna help them even more yeah and that's a perfect mentality to have um I, I also was unable to watch it last night but I did watch the highlights um and one thing I noticed uh that it never seemed to me like John Moran or really any Grizzlies player went on a run at any point of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, that's at any point after the first quarter. Uh, first quarter, there was, I believe, one run by John Moran, but even that run was smoldered by the Suns' abundance of offense. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jared, what you got on this uh, Grizzlies? Or sorry, Suns win o- over the Grizzlies. So, yeah, just saying, yeah, 26 points from Morant. And then you look at the Suns, like, they're all balanced. We actually had a tie in the highest points in Booker and Crowder with 17. And they had Paul with the double-double. He had 15 points, 12 assists. That's just amazing. And then you got Frank, who didn't perform like he would did in the Blazers game, but that's kind of expected. But we'd love to see more of that. He did get more minutes than JaVale, and JaVale did start. So that's kind of... Confusing and well, why you just start Kaminsky? Kind of. Like I believe Javel. I believe Javel McGee got in foul trouble, so I believe that's why he uh, oh, okay. uh, subbed out. Yeah, was, yeah. Fifteen minutes versus Kaminsky's uh, twenty-seven. But right, yeah, Cam right, Johnson did well. Twelve points. Yeah. Payne and Nader yeah. with ten points. Not yep. bad from the bench. Shamit with eight points. Mm-hmm. 
rest of the team, and they did really well. They moved the ball really well. 36 points in the first quarter. I feel like that probably levitated us towards the win. But And holding the Grizzlies to uh, 43 points in the single half. Wow. So. Yeah. Yeah, 43 versus the Suns. Um, I hold on. I gotta do math. Give me a sec. Versus the Suns, sixty-two. So. Oh, it's quite a difference. Quite, yeah, very quite a difference. And of course, yeah, Morant had twenty-six. Yeah, great game for him. Great, great game for my fantasy team, because I got John Morant. So. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> and, yeah. So. And then Jaron Jackson too, a little quiet guy that the Grizzlies. 19 points, which I haven't heard of about him in a while. I don't know if you guys have either, but... No, I haven't. I forgot um, he was in the league. So... And yeah, then you look geez. at guys like DeAnthony Melton, used to be on the Suns, used to be a bench warmer. Yeah. Didn't play really well, three points in 17 minutes. Yeah. Yikes. So, other than that, yeah, it's pretty much all I have. Suns played well, the Grizzlies just had one player score, and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely spread out points. Um, I was only able to watch the first quarter, so that's really why I could only notice stuff about the first quarter. Uh, but, yeah, just one quarter was enough to for me to tell that um, Suns absolutely ruled the Grizzlies. Uh, but we're going to move on to our expectations for the Suns this season. Uh, I, I'm thinking... Suns head and third in the NBA, you know, only move down one spot. That'd be absolutely fantastic, in my opinion. Um, Jared, what do you think? Mm. I think they, I think they say it's second. Honestly, like the Jazz and the Suns are like very close. You could take one or the other on any given night, but I think the Suns are just a well-balanced team. The Jazz, yeah, they have Don Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. And then the Suns got Paul and Booker. I think Paul and Booker are a better duo than Mitchell and Gobert. That's just my opinion and probably most of our opinions anyway. So I think they stay second. I think the first team, I think Golden State does stay in first just because they're just on a streak right now. That's fair. Um, I I just want to specify something. When I say we fall down a place, I'm not saying we're worse than we were last year. Yeah. I'm saying we stay the same course, and it just happens that we are third because there's two other teams that were on fire this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Cade, what do you got for the standings for the Suns at the end of the season? This, see, I'm torn because we still very, very early in the year, um, only 11 games right. for them. Um, that, that's why it's such a tough decision. It is, yeah. So I think, you know, Jared has a very valid point. Them staying in second. Um, I'm going go with them in fourth because I think wasn't that what they were last year? Fourth, they were. Second. I believe they were second. Yeah, oh, they were second. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, they were second in the NBA. Right. You guys, were yeah, right. they yeah. played the Lakers. Yeah, in the first round. So I think they stayed fourth so. because um, the Jazz and Rudy Gobert. I'm a firm believer in them. They just they get things done. Um, and the Suns beat them in the playoffs last year. Um, so I'm not worried about that. If they Did, play them. I don't think the Suns beat the no. Jazz. Not the Jazz. We beat yeah. the Nuggets. J- Nuggets Clippers and Clippers beat the Jazz. Yeah. I mix that up. Clippers so. beat the Jazz, yeah. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I think the Jazz might rise up one, and then I think, I think either you know maybe the Nuggets or the Mavericks, but you know again very early, so I think that I think they're going to make playoffs regardless, which is what we want. That's what I got. Yeah. All right. Um, next, the Lakers playing terribly. Is it because LeBron's injured? Is it because Anthony Davis is injured? Is it because they're all old? Or is it because their chemistry sucks? Um, I'm, I'm going to say it's because they're all old and then their chemistry sucks. Um, I feel like when even LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis come back, I don't think that'll help them that much in their drive towards their playoffs and, and, and any championship. Um, Jared, what do you think? Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Westbrook, man, is looking terrible. Oh my Absolutely God. terrible. See, I used to be a Thunder fan. Like, I used to root for the Thunder. I still kind of do now, but I'm kind of more towards the Suns. But call me a bandwagon all you want. I don't care. Um, I have his. I have Westbrook hang like a sticker on my wall right now, as we're speaking. And he's amazing. He played a well in Oklahoma. I think when he went to either Washington or Houston, his career just dropped. And now I think it's at an all-time low right now in L.A., but um, I don't think it's an all-time low. Um, I believe last year he was negative eighty-four for the plus-minus. Trying to find that on here. Well, he's on but pace like... to have an all-time low. That's what I'm saying right now. If he yeah. continues oh, the way he's playing, yeah, I said I think it's an all-time low for him. Yeah. But I don't think you can beat the Wizards. Speaking of the Wizards, they're in first place in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, that's so. absolutely crazy. I'm surprised. Kyle Kuzma playing well for Washington, but. Yeah. Who expected that? I mean, <laughs> and literally, like, um, this Harold too, a six-seven big man. He just he chips in his minutes, and you know, I think being traded from the Lakers, he took that as an insult, and he's just playing super well right now. Which is I think Kuzma did the same thing. Yep. But honestly, yeah, right now it was looking the Wizards won this trade. Right now, I'm saying right now. If the Lakers win the championship in a couple years with Westbrook, then I will say the Lakers won. But for right now, after a couple games of the season, after that trade, I think the Wizards won this trade. It's very bold to say. But... Yeah. Yeah, the Wizards definitely did because um, what Russell Westbrook, his over-under was the worst in his rookie season, which is fine. It's You're a rookie. But uh, last season, negative 87. This season, negative 68. It both seasons, absolutely terrible. I can see why the Wizards wanted to get rid of him. And I don't understand why the Lakers picked him up because it's just another big contract old player with no chemistry to the rest of the team. Uh, I I feel like the Lakers, their, their front office is like, ooh, high overall, we'll take him with no regard mm-hmm. to any chemistry, any compatibility. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's just my add-on to... Jared, Cade, what do you got? See, I'm looking at the team defense right now. Last year in the 72-game season, the Lakers were first overall in the league in team defense, 106.8. And now I'm going to look it up for this year, and I'm sure it'll be a because they just – they're not establishing a defensive effort. The Timberwolves last night embarrassed them. I'm embarrassed. They had the Lakers had 83 points, and 
you know, oh. like we're saying, we're bringing up the issue with Westbrook. His name keeps coming up there, there and again with the issues with the Lakers. And, um, you know, this man is averaging a triple-double uh, for most of his career. He's got uh, – he's very high on the leaderboards in triple-doubles in NBA history. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say he's a team player because he averages triple-doubles, but, you know, he's not a facilitator in my opinion. He's not – that guy who you can look for to, you know, just run the team and run it how you want, run the plays how you want. Um, us being Suns fans, Chris Paul provides all of that. He is a coach. Yep. He is active and communicating. And, you know, Westbrook, communication and body language, when the Lakers are down, it's not calm and collected like um, mm-hmm. my team should be. You know, yeah. you shouldn't be out of the game as soon as you get down. And I see Westbrook's body language in his head just drop as soon as they feel like they're heading for a cliff, you know. Um, so I think he has a big part of it. And I think I think Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. I think LeBron can't stay healthy. Um, and trading away Montrezl Harrell, it didn't work. Trying Andre Drummond at a big man didn't work out so well for them. Um and they just don't have role players that they can really look to. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I right now, I think Ray John Rondo is better for the Lakers than Westbrook. Uh, but I will say, though, out of all their signings this year, Carmelo Anthony is probably their best player. Honestly, I will oh, say yeah. that right now. Yeah, He's I been agree. playing really great, and I wasn't expecting that either. But, but that's one positive to a bunch of negatives for the Lakers. Yeah. So. All right, back to the Suns with this one. Um, is Payne's speed and energy for the backup squad helping the Suns win? Uh, I'm going to say absolutely yes. Uh, I feel like it catches the opponent uh, off guard, but uh, we'll, we'll go with Kate on this one. He is way more important than people look at on paper um, to that Suns team. And it just, like you said, his pace is just go, go, go. He does not wait around. He loves striving and flying around the court and transition. His his layup package in the paint is very, very elegant. And he it's like he's been doing it in his sleep for a couple of years, if not that. Um, because, you know, whether he's finishing with his left, where his right, his up and unders, his, the way he finishes around the rim, I think – is what impresses uh, impresses me about him. And when you got a guy that energetic coming off the bench, um, and like we said, too, if they wanted to bring Kaminsky in to start, you have JaVale McGee, who brings just as much energy on the defensive effort. You pair him with Payne, and you got guys flying around the court on <laughs> a second team, you know? So yeah. that would be, be just crazy. And that's yeah. what teams start figuring out to put him in the middle to stop Payne. Dish it out to Shamit, he's wide open. And oh, you know yeah. half the time he's going to make that. So Yeah, Shamit's a great shooter. Especially in person with Payne. Oh, my God, his energy. I felt his energy. I was sitting in the nosebleeds. I felt his energy sitting up there from where he was sitting on the court. It was insane. I loved it. Especially loved him in Oklahoma, too. He used to like uh, pump up Westbrook for games, and they do some crazy dances and stuff. I don't get yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. And that's what Westbrook did. He got out there. He started playing well. And then Payne came off the bench, played really well. Didn't do that well in Chicago. They came to Phoenix. And then he's back to his normal form. 
and I love that from him. Yeah. He's he's only averaging ten points. Uh, well, like, for specifically ten point two. But yeah, that's that's, that's fantastic that's for a bench player. Yeah, so Payne can go in if Paul needs a break, and Payne can go in and fill in perfectly. Yeah, with like Booker too, because Booker will start getting more energized, and I think Crowder could get more energized, and a bunch of those starters can get energized, especially Cam Johnson off the bench too. I think he can especially do it well, especially that dunk last year he had over PJ Tucker in the finals. Just yep. I think started with pain. Yeah. So um, I the pickup uh, Suns pickup uh, with Shamit for. Um, Carter, it was Carter, I believe, in a first round pick. Um, absolutely worth it, in my opinion. Carter was never hitting playing time, and that pick was not going to be anything good. So, uh, absolutely fantastic pickup. Shamit with his contract extension for the Suns, it just made it even better of a deal. Um, and his contract's pretty cheap considering his, his, uh, uh, Shamit's points that he puts up. Um, and I love his straight pull up. He just jumps straight up, doesn't bother with kicking on his legs. It's fantastic. Yeah, especially um, in person, seeing that jump shot is great. You know yeah. when that ball's going in. You just oh, know yeah, you do. On or off. So it's great. So. Yep. All right. Um, so, with all this shooting we're talking about, is the new NBA ball change from Spalding to Wilson affecting players' shooting? Um, I'll go and start off. I do think at the beginning of the see uh, the beginning of the season, it did affect player shooting. Uh, not now at this point in the season, where we're what twelve games in for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like it's really affecting that much anymore. I feel like players caught up. Um, but yeah, definitely a beginning of the season. I do feel like it affected player shooting. Um, Cade, what do you got on this one? Um. You know what's weird is um, when I played basketball before, it the Wilson is slippery. It actually is, and um, like all like a little sweaty and stuff. And you're it's it takes a toll on what you're used to. Um, I agree with you that they're getting used to it because you know being the freak athletes that they are, they can definitely make an adjustment. Um, but like. One thing that stood out to me was, I forget what game it was, but the Suns commentators of Tom Chambers and Eddie Johnson, they've been able to palm a basketball their entire life, and they couldn't palm the Wilson <laughs> basketball, um, yeah. which was, I just found it like, wow, that it makes that much of a difference. Um, I mean, you got guys with huge hands like, you know, Kawhi Leonard with, you know, foot-long hands. <laughs> and That's right, he's a the claw. Like, wow. So. Yeah, it is pretty wild. Uh, and I, I, I've always loved the Suns announcer's choice with Tom Chambers, Eddie, Eddie Johnson, um, and now I'm clicking on the rest. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, all of them are great. I love how they included past Sun stars in their announcing core. Uh, Jared, what do you got on this one? Yeah, it's 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 a big change. You look at Steph Curry, who arguably best three point shooter, he's only shooting forty percent so far with that ball. I know we're only 12 games in, but that's a big difference. With the best shooter only shooting 40% from three, I think it's a big difference for a lot of guys. We're hitting his average in his career, where is probably somewhat near the 50 mark. So 
I think it's a big difference for especially not Curry, but a bunch of players and their shooting going down because they're not used to the slippery ball of the Wilson ball. So. Yeah, um, I'm just looking up his career three-point percentage. Um, and he is, he actually is matching it. His career three-point percentage is uh, 43.2%. Uh, yeah. So what was it? What was it so far this season? I say? think it's forty. I think it's straight forty percent. Okay. Yeah. So, so it is. It did take a, a slightly slight hit, but slightly, yeah. uh, maybe maybe Wilson gave him trouble at the beginning of the year, but it's helping him now because it seems like he's on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We'll just have to keep uh, our eyes tuned into Curry and I guess every NBA player's adjustment to the change in the ball. Uh, is Crowder underrated? Uh, he's a 76 in 2K. Uh, I feel like that's absolutely ridiculous for a starter on a championship contender team. Yep. Um, and he hits through his all over the place. He can attack the basket when he needs to. Uh, he passes fantastically. His IQ is through the roof. Um, so I do feel like he should be rated better than a 76 in a 2K video game that's all based around the NBA. Um but even then, in real life, uh, it doesn't seem like teams are prepared uh, scouting-wise for Crowder in games. Like, the Grizzlies just let him shoot three after three. Um, and, and and they knew he was great in the Grizzlies arena. Because uh, he used to play for the Grizzlies. Right. And, yeah, so. yeah I, just, I just feel like Crowder's underrated in both video games and real-life scouting reports. Um, so, Jared, you got any more talking points, or should we put it over to uh, – Okay. No, I got this. So, remember the last season, or the season before, the bubble season, where the Heat played the Lakers? Guess who was on that team? Crowder. Crowder. So, he definitely helped guys like Tyler Harrow and uh, Bam Adebayo do really well in the finals. Yeah, they did lose, but... They they, they made the push. That's not that's something a lot of teams can't do. Uh, yeah, so Cade, what, what do you got on the Crowder situation? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I bring up the bubble because that's a really tough environment to play in when you're all isolated and you know it's hard to keep your head straight. And he's just a veteran guy that has a, and I think it's not to a point where he's making rash decisions, he just fights for his team and he's passionate for his team. Um, you know, whether he's getting a tech. <laughs> like that, you know, he's he's bringing the energy, and the energy is something that the Suns play with, and they play with really well. Um, I think he is very vital, um, as is any player. Any of those Suns players, it makes a difference because they all have a role, and I like Jay Crowder's role uh, more than others because he just plays that, you know, the Suns bad boy vibe of like, you know, we're – we're out to we're out to play some basketball. We're out to be physical, and it's gonna be it's just gonna be a game that you're gonna remember. So, I like that from him. Yeah. All right. So for our last talking point of the episode, going off of this bubble talk, is Booker a generational talent in your opinion? Um, because uh, he did fantastically in the bubble and is doing great this season, and did great in the postseason last season. Um, uh, okay, mostly great. He did have his cold spells, but did, as yeah. would every NBA player, um, I, I do feel like Booker is a generational talent and the, the Suns should hold on to him for his career. 
because uh, he always he gives uh, consistent great numbers. He's averaging twenty two points a game, I believe, um, this season, and that's fantastic for a starter who is only twenty five. Um, so, uh, Kate, what's your opinion on Booker's generational talent status? Smith said he was the next Kobe Bryant. Now, is that premature? I think for the legacy that Kobe left, yes. Um, but I don't see it as like I, I don't see it as just a complete um, misreality or a dream, like. Or a fantasy. I think that he has a great mindset and a great mentality for as young as he is, and for the success that he's already had. You know, a lot of a lot of guys you can see that get to their head. You can see him asking for more money. Um, we already see with Aiton asking for a max contract. You know, um, mm-hmm. and we don't see it with Booker. We really don't. We see him putting in work day in and day. this season. You know, he comes off the Olympics, barely gets a break. And he's still happy to play with his team. And I think that's a leader that you need to keep. And I think that he does have and the opportunity to develop into a generational talent. I do. All right. Uh, Jared, your opinion. Okay. Uh, he may have disconnected. Um, but – uh, yeah, that'll be all for this episode of the Free Throw Line podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed, please uh, keep uh, in tuned, if that's even a word, for our next episodes. Uh, we are planning on doing this weekly. Uh, and, yeah, uh, please stay tuned. It's going to be great. We're going to have some great conversations. Um, may get heated. I'm surprised this, this uh, episode didn't get heated. <laughs> um, I'm sure if we talked about Caruso yeah. and they said Caruso is great, and then I, I fire back with no, he's absolutely not. Yeah, it would definitely get heated, but we didn't. So uh, yeah, that'll be end of the, that'll be the end of this episode. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you all later. Peace out.